Welcome to episode 60 of Drew's Sports Crew. We made it to number 60 here on this Monday morning. And joining me, Alex Trowbridge, his first time on the podcast. So, Alex, how are you doing today? I'm doing pretty good. I just got to watch the Bucks win. Bucks pretty win. Great and day. Corbin Burns not getting run support. Shocker. I mean, there's some you know consistencies, and yeah. that's one of them. But that lineup. <laughs> yeah, having it's good to have you on today. We're gonna go through all the weekly segments, of course, today on this Monday, May 2nd, 2022, as it is the date. But with that here, you know, we got to talk about some good things we have coming up. Uh, we have a surprise coming up soon. You'll see it on the Instagram, Facebook. It is exciting. I am really looking forward to this announcement. And just you're gonna have to wait and see. But as you guys have saw, uh, new posts on Instagram. Got to credit Zach Roush. He's been working hard on making some rankings. Elise Fisher, she's been helping me with some templates. I'll make the template. She usually helps. She's the peer editor, right? So thank thanks to her for helping me out with that. But yeah, we've been getting some great content out, and we're gonna keep that up on the Instagram, of course. Subscribe subscribe to the YouTube channel as well, right? We're we want to keep that growing there. I know it's just a still image still, but hey, you can always just give us that subscriber there. And you know, we got to talk now about the shout of the week. And as you guys know, these past few weeks, I've let the guest do the shout of the week. So, Alex, who are you going to shout out this week? Um, I'm going to shout out Luke Gedeke for getting drafted 57th overall by the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, ex Valders alumni. Yes, as he is, he is. A former Valders graduate, played, you know, Stevens Point for a year at tight end, and then goes to Central Michigan, dominates there, and then gets drafted, you know, excels at the combine, right? You know, I was, it's just great for the EWC community, right? We'll be talking about you know, EWC stuff tomorrow on the breakdown, but, you know, it's just looking great, you know, representing, right, this area. First player out of Wisconsin drafted in the draft, out of like born in the state, right? Not out of so. With that, you know, that's like some exciting stuff. And, yeah, congrats to Luke Gedeke, his family. You know, Kane Youngbooth, who we had on last week, has a connection with Gedeke. So just awesome stuff there and really happy for everyone. You know, the Gedeke family, of course. So with that here, let's go to the stats of the week. And, Alex, we have a lot of stats this week. We're going to have a lot of baseball ones this week. Uh, that's just oh, how really? it is because, you know, a lot of baseball, a lot of good things happen. In baseball, you always have something wacky happen. So, Willie Adamas, you know, gets the Pirates, right? Pirates not having the greatest pitching staff. He ties a franchise record with seven RBIs, and that's been done 13 times now. That's most by a player in the majors this, this season. That was also his first career multi-home run game. That was April 26th that took place. So how about Willie Adamas? Alex, Willie Adamas Day is coming up May 22nd, almost a year anniversary. Oh, that's, that is pretty incredible to think about. But Willie as, although it was against the Pirates, I do have to say that it's a good start to try to ramp him up a little bit here, try to get him going. He's had a slow start to the season. Hey, sometimes it takes a couple of bad teams to play against. He's been hitting the ball hard as hell. That's and that's exactly what you want out of you know out of your shortstop there. But let's talk now. As of April twenty seventh, this was this was about the. LA Angels, right? They've been um, an interesting franchise these past few years, right? You got the best player, two well, top two players maybe in the league, and look at the results necessarily haven't been there. But, you know, so far in 2022, the Angels, they're five games. They were at this point, they were five games over 500 for the first time since July 24th, 2019. 
Jeez, nearly man. three years of not being five games over five hundred. So yeah, keep in mind that's half the twenty nineteen season, the sixty game, then the shortened twenty twenty, and then all the twenty twenty one seasons. So and we wow. saw Taylor Ward right now having his breakout campaign. That's that's been a story as well. But yes. you know, maybe this is the year the Angels. Maybe they come out of the West. I mean, that would be crazy. I personally thought the Astros were going to come out of the West pretty easily, but. The Angels do look very good, and some of their young players are stepping up big time. So that's exactly yeah. Taylor Ward in the leadoff spot seems to be you know not batting Otani there. Look, I lo- I understand batting Otani there, but at the same time, I don't right. You want Otani? Yeah, no. You know he's not an OBP guy, right? You want someone who gets on base. I th- I felt like you know maybe batting batting Trout second, him third. I feel like that's still a better you know composition. Maybe even third and fourth, yeah. right? But yeah, I like the Otani, the Otani Trout second, third. I think it's the most at bats with somebody hopefully on base. Yeah, because you know the amount of times we see Otani, oh double dong, right, and you know, yep. only two RBIs <laughs> accounts for because nobody's on base. Shocker. So yeah. yeah, hopefully you know we see Joe Madden make that adjustment there. But I got another, I got an offense stat here. You know we know the home runs are down and stuff, but the batting average through twenty games. Uh, the 2022 Diamondbacks as a team through 20 games were batting 178. That is the third, tied for third worst in Major League Baseball history. So that, that ties the 1972 Brewers right there. So, and yeah, they're one point better than the 2003 Tigers who lost over 110 games. So, you know, this isn't necessarily, um, you know, an ideal stat, but look, the Diamondbacks are struggling right now offensively. So, um, next stat here, you mentioned Luke Gedeke, right? I got one from him. Yeah. Tampa Bay. They pick him number 57. So he goes 57th overall and he was graded by pro football focus 92.2. Yeah. That was his grade in 2021. That's the second highest among FBS right tackles. So look at that. So I, you know, I think at 57, I think they got a steal there. And I, I heard they were working him in at guard is kind of like the yeah. goal right now. And I think that's going to work just fine. Then I know with, with you know Marpet and some older guys, right? You know, going through the Buccaneers, they're gonna need some replacements, and he's a great fit there. Mm-hmm. With yeah, I I have to agree with that statement. All right, I got one more here. So this is from the Bucks game. So Giannis has his third worst shooting night of his playoff career on Sunday, Game One. Giannis he becomes the first Bucks player in franchise history with multiple playoff triple doubles. And yeah, then the Bucks they do take Game One. That was one one eighty nine. So yeah, he puts up his second triple double in the playoffs, and Paul Presley is with the other, and then also Kareem Abdul-Jabbar, of course. So yeah, there's four triple doubles now, and two of them belong to Giannis. So look, Giannis, he played incredible. I that that self lob to me was definitely oh my god, one of the that best was, plays I've ever seen. That was crazy. It was that, so hype. That was indeed hype. And here we go. Let's go on this day. As I said, the date is May second, twenty twenty two. So here, here are some things that happened on this day. On this day in 1876, Ross Barnes, he hits the first home run in National League history. And that was, like I said, 1876. 1909 on this day, Honus Wagner, he steals his way around bases in first inning, and that was against the Cubs. So how about that? 99 speed for sure. 1954 <laughs> on this day, Stan Musial hits five home runs in a double header on this day in 1988. Reds manager Pete Rose, he is suspended 30 days for pushing an umpire. So they did 30 days back then. They didn't do games. I don't know what your thoughts are about that. I don't know. I just feel like that's a 
weird. I don't know. That's kind of weird. Yeah. But got two two more here on this day in 1999. John Elway he announces his retirement from the NFL. We thought Brady announced his retirement, but he, of course, he comes back to haunt us one more year, maybe more. <laughs> on and then the last one here on this day, 2015, Floyd Mayweather Jr. He he beats Manny Pacquiao on points in 12 rounds in world welterweight unification fight, and he sh- and this fight shatters all financial records for a boxing match. I don't know if you remember that fight, but that was something. I remember ESPN was going crazy. I didn't that. watch it, but oh my god, I saw all the advertisements for it. All the hype, right? So oh, yeah. that there wraps up on this day. And with that, we're, we go right away here, Alex. We go into the weekly sports talk. And before the year, full disclosure, Alex told me we're starting with the NFL draft. And I was like, let's do it. So with that, we got to talk about the NFL draft that took place there. Thursday through Saturday it was quite the time. Look, a lot of, you know, there's a lot of surprises. A lot of, you know, Sherlock's, I thought. I thought this draft had a little bit of all a little bit of all of it, right? Oh, yeah. But we're gonna do our best to talk more Packers in the draft because on Wednesday you will hear Zach, Jared, and Drew's NFL draft recap. And that is featuring Dustin Bergney. We have him coming on. He's been on the show before. He was a college athlete spotlight. He came on and he will be talking about the draft with us, you know, we'll be doing our draft grades, all that good stuff. You'll see that content, of course, on the Instagram as well. So keep a lookout for that. But yeah, we're going to we're going to try to keep it mostly Packers here. But we're, we have to talk about the general things still that took place here. So I'm going to start with you, Alex. You know, what? who is your winners and losers of this draft? Let's start with the winners. Winners uh, for my honorable mention. For the winners, I have the Panthers. They got the quarterback in the third round, and overall their draft was pretty good. They got their offensive tackle to protect that quarterback, and I think they did a pretty decent job. Probably a little underrated pick for winners of the draft. And then at three, I have a tie, actually, with the Ravens and the Lions. I thought the Ravens got the best value pick overall in the draft, selecting Kyle Hamilton 14th overall. He is going to be an incredible player. And I knew that they were going to go defense and I saw him on the board. I just knew it was a perfect fit and they got the offensive lineman that they wanted. So that's, that's W for them for sure. And then the lions, they got the best edge rusher, in my opinion, from the draft, the, the most skilled wide receiver. I think Jamison Williams is the most NFL ready besides the fact that he has the tour in ACL, which sucks. And then, yeah, I think they did. Phenomenal drafting as well. And then at two, I have the Jets. Yeah. A lot of people have the Jets winning the entire thing because they got the best corner, in my opinion, in the draft, the best wide receiver, some people think in the draft, the best running back in the draft, and a great defensive end at the end of the first round, which I think was a big steal for them. And then my overall winner of the draft is actually the Chiefs. Although they didn't have like, the top picks like everybody else to get their winners. They got a very good cornerback in Trent McDuffie 20, 21st overall. And then they also ended up getting a steal in the back end of the first round with uh, the edge they got out of Purdue. I think he's very good. And their second round pick of Sky Moore, I thought was probably one of the best picks in the draft. Yeah. I really liked, you know, I mean, all the things you said spot on, right. A lot of, a lot of winners there and, 
you know, I like also like the Seahawks. I, I think like get them getting Charles Cross. Look, I, I like some of the picks that were made, like looking through the first round. But basically, yeah, I think the tempo of this draft, look, this is any fantasy draft, any, you know, any actual draft too, right? You you can plan all you want, but until you start seeing what other teams are doing, you know, that's gonna really dictate what you're gonna do, right? I mean, like let's say fantasy, you know, football. People are starting to take, you know, they're starting to take their quarterback. What are you going to do? You're going to start taking quarterbacks, it seems. Right? In fantasy baseball, you'll see the same kind of thing with just overall, like, the flow of the draft. And then here in the NFL draft, look, happens at the highest level, right? You see London and Wilson, they go 8 and 10. So then you see the Saints, they get pressured up. You know, you see them go at Olave at 11, which might be a stretch. I would have, I think Williams, like you said, I would go Williams over Olave, I think, and that might wow. be. Yeah, just I, I think they just went for they thought Olave was the best fit for them, but I think you couldn't go wrong with the top four that were picked. I think they're all going to be pretty good wide receivers. Yeah, but I, I just feel like we saw these guys all get p- pushed up on a premium, right? So you see mm-hmm. Olave and Williams go at a premium, and then you see a guy like Kyle Hamilton go at an absolute discount at 14, who oh, I, yes. I know being a safety, right? But he might be the best prospect in this draft. And he went at 14. Yeah. So I just, that pick for me, like I, that put me with Ravens winners in the top, like they're my top three winners um, oh, yeah. for sure. Personally, I still had Jets go Jets as the number one winner just because I, yeah, I like what I they did that. there. But look, you can't argue with what a lot of these squads did. Like the Chiefs, I always talk, you know, are, you know, good, good teams, right? You know, good teams, historically good teams with good management. They, they have a history of making great decisions, I feel. So, you know, Chiefs, you take it McDuffie 21, and then they go Carl Loftus at 30. I, I think that's an underrated pick as well because, you know, mock drafts, he was he was up in the, you know, teens, yeah. you know, like I, I think they got good value there. For me, it was about getting value for some of these squads, and, you know, Chiefs for me are, they're up, you know, I don't even know, like I go 1A, 1B personally is kind of how I would roll just because of how, like, mm-hmm. how great I think these teams did rank. You know, it's hard to, you know, differentiate who did better than the other but we'll talk Packers in a sec, but I want to hear your losers of the draft. All right. Honorable mention for the losers is Malik Willis. Obviously we all know what happened there. He dropped very far in the draft. And I think he was one of the biggest losers of the night because there wasn't a lot of teams I could single out as huge losers. And number three, I have the Patriots because they just reached on the offensive lineman. I think the Patriots are going to be fine anyways. Bill always just reaches out and gets his guy when he feels like he needs him. Um, then at two, I have Washington. Washington traded back, I believe, their first pick. And then they reached on Jahan Dotson. A big believe, time. Was, yep. yep. And at 16. I think they could have gotten Burks or even traded back and got somebody better value later or maybe just drafted a defensive back. This team was first in passing touchdowns against last year. They were bottom five in net air yards through the air. Like it's pretty, they needed a defensive back and they did not get one in the first two rounds. And I think that's a huge L for them. Um, And then I also have the Vikings as the biggest loser. They traded back their first pick to give the lions what they wanted and that helps the team in the division. So I thought that was a huge L of a pick. And then uh, they um, they got Lewis Sin, uh, safety out of Georgia, which I'm pretty sure most people thought Andrew Booth was going to go at that pick. And instead they reached on 
Lewis, and I did not think that was a very good pick. And then the next round, they also helped the Packers get their wide receiver, and I don't feel like they did enough to justify them helping both teams in their division at the time. They did get, yeah, but they did get Booth then with that 42nd yeah. overall. So yeah. at the same time, they ended up getting lucky there, him yeah. staying available. You know, Brian Asoma was there. Like they got him from Oklahoma in the second, or it was 66th overall. That was the guy that was in round three, mm-hmm. I meant. Um, who I, you know, some like I, when I made a Packer mock draft, I did have him down as my guy, but um, for them in the third, fourth round, because with the linebacker knee, but talking Packers now, I, I think you're losers. I think you're spot on with them, right? You know, getting Cole Strange at 29 was certainly, you know, one would think a reach there, but <laughs> I felt like, I don't know. And, you know, again, Patriots are not those sneaky squads. Maybe they yeah. saw something that we didn't see, right? We've seen yeah. that, you know, happens some years. Dotson getting pushed up to 16. I didn't mention, but that is certainly a story too. You know, I, I personally, I thought Burks might even go there, but, you know, Kenny Pickett's still going. They went at 20. I mean, I actually, my draft, you know, as many did, many of them, or many people had them at six, right? You know, I had people going, even Willis that high. I believe some people, Willis going at eight, even. Yeah, I I knew, I I had a feeling that the quarterbacks were going to fall, and I thought that Kenny Pickett was going to go 19th to the Saints. Instead, he went 20th to the Steelers. So I had, I thought him and Willis would be back to back, and Uh, yeah, that happened. I had London and Wilson as my wide receiver one, wide receiver two. It happened like that. I was happy with that. I did release my mock draft. I do want to make make this comment here. I did release it before they announced or before, you know, Evan Neal's injury concerns really all came out, came to surface. So I did have Neal going. I had Neal going one, Walker going three. And that was before. But I think when Walker went one, then I was like, then the big hype for Stingley getting pushed up to three, right? With Lovey Smith, he's taking a defensive guy, mm-hmm. right? And I look, that happened. And that's what the hype of that whole day, it became like Stingley was almost like the favorite I felt before the draft. I don't know if, if you felt like that too, but I, based on what I saw and based on the stuff I was, you know, formulating, I was like, Stingley's a favorite right now, I think at three. Yeah. I, I had uh Thibodeau going to the Texans at three, but I, I saw the, I saw that Stingley going there was obviously a great decision. And I thought sauce was going to get picked before him. And obviously that didn't happen either, but I think Stingley's going to be great. Yeah. I think Just both those corners are yeah. going to be you know, prominent guys. Let's talk about the Packers here, right? You go 22, you take Quay Walker out of Georgia, right? Nobody was expecting this pick. I was shocked for them to go take Quay Walker here at 22. I actually thought they're going to go Linderbaum here was personally, I thought they were going to go offensive lineman first yeah. round, which I went to Ben upset with and I, I'm not necessarily like I had to dig in more to see kind of more about Quay Walker right because nobody really expected him going first round he's more of a a prospect that was going in the 40s I saw mm-hmm. late 30s right second round guy and then we see him yeah. go 22 we see then they take another Georgia Bulldog they see Devontae Wyatt which Katie Youngbooth he did predict them taking him he had them taking him at 22 mm-hmm. they take him at 28 pretty good value there but Alex what can you tell us you know about these two first round picks are you a fan of it what are your thoughts um, I personally thought that their first two picks were okay. Obviously, Quay was a little bit of a reach, but I think that's who the Packers wanted as their guy. And I am pretty sure the injury concerns with Nicobe Dean probably swayed this pick coming a little sooner than people thought. Um, he's a great run stopper. Uh, he is 
very fast. He's 92nd percentile, 95th percentile in 40 dash and speed score of this class, which is uh, something I found on playerprofiler.com. And then um, I think Devontae White is also very good. Uh, He looks like a wrecking ball. Uh, He is very fast and he is very strong. He was dominating offensive lines. It looked like in Georgia with, their other big guy, Jordan Davis, right next to him. So I think he's going to be pretty good too. Yeah. Um, talking about Devontae Wyatt, look, uh, people, he's gotten a player comp to Quinn and Williams, you know, guy yeah. who went third overall in 2019. And, you know, he's, if, if you can get a guy like Quinn and Williams, basically out Devontae Wyatt, and you got a guy, a guy in the D line, this might be the pick of the best pick for the Packers of this whole draft, I think, at 28th especially, you know, at the value they got him at. And, you know, it's going to be a big story too, right? Getting those two guys, you know, Zedary Smith leaving, you get you get kind of like Quayle Walker, you get a younger guy there who, and like you pointed out, he's got some great aspects of his game who oh, yes. they think Joe, look, Joe Barry, he was definitely the winner during this draft, you know, for the D coordinator. Oh, yes. So he's gotten some new weapons, I'd say, to work with. Getting Kingsley there, you know, I was a guy um, from South Carolina who was linked to the Packers a lot. And a lot of drafts I felt, you know, in the later rounds, uh, he's he went there or he went to the Packers, so that's going to be a good pick as well. Hopefully, and then you know we stood, see, we still did see, of course, offensive line. You know that was a story. So they did, they did, a, um, kind of you know address that there. Sean Ryan, they get, they get the old lineman there. They get him in the third round. You know, it's good Zach Tom, and they get Rashid Walker, right? So I thought they might have went O line early, but we got to talk about. Quickly here, we got to talk about, of course, Christian Watson, right? We have to talk about the guy who went 34th overall. They get they get their guy, 6'5 wide receiver. Are you looking forward to Christian Watson as a Packer? This this is certainly going to be an intriguing move. And oh. I think for his fantasy value, this is the most intriguing part for me. Uh, I think Christian Watson's going to be great. He is extremely athletic, and he compares very well to DK Metcalf athletically he's about 30 pounds I think 20 30 pounds lighter than DK but he is fast and he is big he can catch the ball he can go up and get it but also like DK he he did have a pretty high drop rate in college so that is something to look out for and I think him and I think Romeo Dubs is actually a huge pick too at the fourth 132 I think that was big because he really dominated the small schools in college, which, I mean, obviously he was at a small school, so you can't tell exactly, but he has great hands. He can catch anything, I swear. Yeah, and then look, they address – I felt like they did a good job addressing, you know, most of the needs here, right? You know, you get another – in the seventh round, you get Jonathan Ford, you get another D tackle, you get deep defensive back also in the seventh round. Look, O-line, of course, you get three O-linemen, so – Overall, I mean, you'll take this draft, I think, for the Packers. Um, I'll be really seeing my, my draft grade Wednesday. So, Alex, I'll let you do your draft grade here for the Packers. Um, I didn't have a grade for them, but I think if I one. had to grade them, I would say either a B or B minus somewhere in there. The only thing that I think they could have done better with is get a offensive lineman with their first pick. But I think Quay is also going to be great, so – I was not too upset about it. Yeah. And like I said, I'll be releasing mine Wednesday. Mine's also in the B range. I'll leave it at that. But um, looking forward to 
you know, talking about this as well, you know, for Wednesday's episode, but, you know, to keep it brief here, right. We got, we got more sports here to talk about here on the sports ground this Monday episode. So overall, a very nice draft, I think for the Packers in addressing needs, maybe some shocking picks, but Hey, that'll happen. And in the world of baseball and boy, the Brewers have been hot having a five and two week this past week prediction challenge wise. Robert said they were going five and two. He does win the prediction challenge. I said six and one. So I go to one and two so far in the prediction challenge. And we'll do week four shortly here, Alex. But looking, you know, through this past week, a very successful, right? You you lose that game Monday to the Giants, which you know, Robert and I both had them losing just solely based on, you know, it was a, it wasn't ideal. It was a spot game. You you play a series. And you go, you got to come back. You play a series in Philadelphia. You come back to Milwaukee just for a, just for one game. And then you got to go back to Pittsburgh, right? Totally inconvenient. And, you know, through kind of, it kind of messed up the Brewers rhythm. I felt, and, you know, Giants, they played a bullpen game. They played a great game and they did get the win that, that day. But look, you know, you go, you play the pirates for three games, right? You go to Pittsburgh and you dominate that series. Uh, no problem. Then you go 12, you win. Game one, 12 to eight. Game two to three to one. Game three, three to two. And did you see how empty PNC Park was? Oh my God. Yes. It was, that is insane. You want to hear the attendance? Wanted- it, was, it was in the 8,000s, they said, but no way. It was like, looked like 20 people were out in, you know, out in the outfield, if, if, yeah. at a most. It was, I would love to see their attendance versus the athletics attendance because that is insane. And the athletics are much better teams. Talk about the, the Athletics, yeah, um, not spending any money on their um their thing. They they did this could have been a stat of the week, right? They recorded this uh, last week. They recorded a pathetic, you know, they twenty a crowd of twenty seven hundred two thousand seven hundred three. Oh my god! It's, it's they were playing just, Baltimore. Hey, they're playing Baltimore. Insane. Yeah, this is incredible. Right, right, minor league. There's a minor league team in Vegas. You know where they want to move. Who gets more attendance than this? But again, you got to look. They're, their home opener, they had 17,500 people. And they've supposedly, you know, what Twitter was saying, they jacked up uh, concession prices and the owners, they spent no money on the team, right? You trade away all your best players. It, it's a total dumpster fire going on right there. And also look look at what's going on with Cincinnati. Talk about a baseball town, right? Cincinnati is a baseball town. I know that they had success there with the Bengals, but come on, you know, baseball since 1869 first team and oh my God, yeah. look three and 19 start i believe now uh yep. you, you go to colorado and you get swept against dude the Red. i think that any triple a team could beat this reds team yeah you lose 10 to 1 to the rockies right and look this reds team and the brewers they look the brewers being in the nl central is a gift this year it oh, is yes because look, you, you got the Cardinals, feeders. and you yeah, you basically have three bottom feeders, right? You Pirates, Reds, Cubs, and the Cubs. You know, we'll talk about that Cubs series too here. You know, being the rivalry series, right? It's a rivalry no more. It seems the Brewers have dominated this rivalry as of late. Brewers in Chicago, we you know, Brewers just seem to own Chicago these past few years, yeah. right? Yeah, eleven to one, Brewers win. Nine to one, the Brewers win. And I was at the nine to one win there. They lose two to nothing. Of course, they lose when Corbin Burns pitches. It's baseball, right? That's just how it is. You you win when you have Hauser and Lauer go out there, and you know Lauer's been phenomenal, right? Lauer's Lauer, oh, yeah, yeah. Eric Lauer, Kyle Wright, 
And, you know, Logan Gilbert, I'll throw in there. Pablo Lopez, you know, those four guys have been breakout campaign pitchers right now mm-hmm. in baseball. And you know, Lauer's success continues in that dominant win. He had 11 strikeouts. And then Corbin Burns pitches phenomenal. Yet Brewers lose. Marcus Stroman had it going on that Sunday oh, yeah, on May 1st here. But, you know, um, thoughts on this past week, right? Brewers, you know, offense picks up at home that Thursday and Friday series. They scored 12 runs also that game one. Hunter Renfro starts, you know, heating up. Yelich is heating up. Adamas is heating up. Uh, you know, Brewers, the offense is starting to click, it seems, these pa- this past few pa- past few games, even though, you know, Sunday was a stinker. But how are you feeling about this Brewers team? I'm scared. This this team has really good pitching and some very shoddy hitting. Um, Yelich and Adamas have been hitting the hell out of the ball. I'll give them that. They have top 90th percentile in exit velos amongst the MLB, but, or barrel percentage, I should say, amongst the MLB. And Rowdy has also been hitting the ball pretty hard, but after that, it is not much hitting the ball hard. Wong has been one of the worst hitters in baseball this year, and I think Omar Narvaez is right, right behind him in that, too, because they look horrible. Yeah, you bring up, you know, some great points there with um, uh, Narvaez has struggled. Wong, Wong's known, you know, he's known for having tough Aprils. It's just, it's something in his career. If you look yeah. down the, the track line, he's been, he's been proven to have some tough, you know, tough first months of the year. But talk about yeah. guys who have been hot as of late. Hunter Renfro has picked it up, which is something needed good to see. for that this, good you know, this Brewers squad. Because uh, he, he was all, all the hype, right, when he gets traded from Boston. Uh, just looking at that, but you know, there's some Adamus, you know, having his that big game we did talk about in the stats of the week. Uh, that, that was phenomenal to see. Yeah. Um, look, we got to talk also about transactions that just took place. Uh, we did see Mike Brousseau and Alex Jackson. They did both get optioned down right now as the rosters. They do go down in size. People are saying, oh, Reese is coming back. No, rosters are decreasing, but yep. also. The chance Reese is going to be back soon as well. Jace Peterson might be, you know, a potential, you know, candidate to be option, but he's out of options. So I don't, I don't know what you do here. Uh, it's going to be an interesting decision. What's going to go on? Someone's going to lose a spot, basically. Um, but also the Brewers for um, best records in franchise history through April. This should have been a stat of the week as well. Uh, they are off to their third best start, you know, in franchise history in April, going fifteen and seven in the month of April. Um. And then 1987, they went 18 and three, of course, was number one. And then number two, the year that didn't happen, 2014, they went 20 and eight. Remember that year just didn't happen. Brutus, it was canceled, didn't happen. Um, Sadly, yeah, because we say that because as many know, the Brewers, uh, they had one of the worst collapses, I will say, in the modern era in baseball history. You know, it was, let's just, uh, we'll just leave it at that, right? But when you bring up 2014 for Brewer fans, you know, it's a quick conversation. It's it's a next what's next, but yeah. Yeah. Um, look, uh, we're looking, we want Colton Wong to step it up here, right? It's may it's not April anymore. He's got to pick it up, pick up some slack here. Uh, what do you think about Keston Hira? I, I find it interesting about how Keston Hira's career OPS against righties is over 800. And then against, against lefties, it's under 600. And yet you will still see, Craig Council play yeah, the matchups, still, even though yeah. Rowdy Telez is is statistically better against lefties. He's down he, or he's handled left-handed pitching. I'm not gonna say dominant, but he's handled it for his career, right? That's oh, something yes, you know has. 
that Keston has not, but yet you will still see uh, Council play him at first. So I that matchup that baffles me there. But talk about Rowdy Tellez, he's been he's been probably one of the best or one of the most consistent hitters as well for the Brewers so far. Yeah. He had a really good start, and he start, he's starting to get a little unlucky with his hits, but I think he'll start getting some of the drop here. And I think Kesson will actually have a decent year if we can find some way to put him in the lineup. He looks more comfortable at the plate, I think. I don't think he'll be as good as his 2019 campaign, but I think he might have a pretty underrated good year. That's what I'm hoping for as well. Look, Urias coming back, this team just gets better. Uh, oh, you don't yes. have to play, you know, Jace Peterson. Uh, you can take him out a little bit, thankfully. Thank He's God. been struggling. <laughs> On base, Jace, you know, it hasn't been like that this year. Mike Brousseau still has played you know, well. As, like, I mean, mm-hmm. he's played well at the start. Uh, sadly, he's, he is one of the you know casualties, you know, due to the roster size. Um, the catcher, backup catcher position has been kind of a disaster, right? Victor Caratini comes in. He played, he actually played well offensively. He played pretty good. Then yeah. he gets, he's out with COVID, I believe, or some, it was some, um, illness, and then he he is now returning, and then Alex Jackson, right? He gets the boot. He was the guy who they also traded for. You know, has had his first hit Saturday night, but he goes down. And look, let's let's kind of look now ahead here. What's going on next week for the Brewers? And now, Alex, you're going to be doing the Brewer prediction challenge with me. I'm going to read the seven games they got going on. You're going to tell me a record, and then we're going to see how we go, how it how it does. So, you ready? All right, I'm ready. All right, so you got a three-game series against the Reds at home, and then you got a three-game series against the Braves, and that's you know that's in Atlanta. So you have an off day finally Monday, so that's today. No Brewer baseball today, but then you do have a three-game. So you got Star Wars night Wednesday. I, I might be at that game. And oh, then you do that, have – That would be fun. You do have a three-game against Atlanta. Like I said, Atlanta. What are you thinking for these six games? Well, I really hope that the Reds games are gimmies. They are three and nineteen, and I really don't see us having a problem. So I think that's three easy wins right there. And the Braves, Ronald Acuna's back. Uh, I think we. I still think we can take two of the games. I think we can go five and one this week. You say five and one? Okay, so now I get. You're the first guest to to not do the two loss thing. So this always happens to me where the guests, I always let the guests go first, of course. They'll take two losses. So then they make me take one loss or three or more losses. I'm never going to take three or more uh, losses. Yeah, exactly. So you put me in the spot. I, I I can say six and oh, or I say four and two. You know, I might I might go four and two here, right? Um and I I hate doing this, but I'm going to go four and two here. So I still think they're gonna finish above five hard for the week, and that's what matters. Yeah. That series against Atlanta so. is concerning. <laughs> I'd hope so. I say four and two, or I was gonna you know six and a week would be nice, but that only gives me, you know, if they lose Tuesday, I'm already done. Right. So I, yeah. I can't get puts me tough not to not say six and oh here. But I'll go four and two here for this week. This will be up on the Instagram too. Uh we are posting brewer prediction challenges now on the Instagram. So Alex, you will be the first one to have it posted. Let's so go. cool stuff Let's there. Go. And that kind of wraps up here. Baseball. Let's get, let's talk Bucks here before trivia, right? So game one, right? Boston, Boston Celtics. You go play at the Garden, and we talked about what Giannis did, right? That triple double. Oh yeah. Uh, what were your thoughts on this game? You know, I I personally, I was watching, I was loving it. 
I love watching Drew Holiday play well in the playoffs. I think that's just a treat, and I think it needs to happen yes. more. Drew Holiday is a huge part of the team, and him playing good on defense and offense is incredibly huge in this series, I think. I think that that and the fact that Middleton's out, so I think Grayson Allen has to fill kind of the Middleton role, but not 100%, obviously. He's not as good as him. And then I think if Brooke plays a defense like he did today, I think this is the Bucks series to win in five or six. Uh, the only way I see anything going wrong if those two things happen is if Marcus Smart decides he wants to be the best offensive player in the world, which he sometimes decides and other times he shoots like he did today where he did not shoot very well, I don't believe. I will – at least. Going into halftime, I don't think he was, but yeah. Just to piggy off back what you just said, um, Jason Tatum, you know, another guy, right, who oh, yeah. shoot like he the best player, the best scorer in the world, right? <laughs> yeah. And then yeah. he throws up the throws up these stinkers, and this is one of them, six for 18, four for nine from three, 21 points. Um, look, he didn't play particularly well today. Uh, Jalen Brown, I know the hype. Oh, my gosh, he dunked on Giannis. What a play. 12 points, yeah. four for 13. I think his hamstrings injured, I believe, is part of his why oh, he yeah. didn't produce so much today or whatever. But, I mean, Jason played bad, but you can't expect that every game from him. But I think if even if he plays better, they beat him by 12. So And r- another story, too, Robert Williams coming back from a torn meniscus. Look, he, he played 22 minutes, but he played it solid. He played a tough 22 yeah, minutes. Yeah, he did. He, you know, six points, eight boards, three for six. Look, he, he did exactly what you needed from the squad. Peyton Pritchard was chucking threes up that. Why was he taking? Look, look <laughs> he, he played 11 like four minutes. four in a row at one point, and it was like, what are you doing? Tatum was on the floor, too. I don't know what was yeah. going on. but <laughs> 11 minutes, eight shots, two for eight from three. A pathetic performance for Pritchard. But, again, he's like, you love the confidence. You love to see it. But at the same time, it, it like, why, right? Uh, you got I mean, to gotta put yourself down. And yeah, like Tatum. coming off the bench for a reason. <laughs> Yeah, uh, you know, Derek White's a guy. I think they're going to still work in more. I mean, we saw him thrive with San Antonio, and they they picked him up. I still think you're going to see more out of him. Only 60 minutes. I, that still is a shocker. Of course, Al Horford's going to always be there. You know, he always finds – he came back to the Boston. He's what they call the Giannis stopper, but, you know, Giannis still, you know, performed very well, even though that field goal percentage was not ideal, right? I mean, he still put up that triple double and he still made the plays when he needed to, oh, made the right right decision, made the right plays. So, yeah, I think, you know, looking also through the Bucks, right? Bobby Portis played, had a nice game. Javon Carter, right? I mean, Javon Carter, DeAndre Bembry, I was really upset when Bembry went down, but look, Javon Carter's been great. Um, yeah. He has. Yeah. And you know, another thing that you know, I always talk about Jared, right? You you trade you trade DiVincenzo, right? You trade these guys, you, you let go of cousins, and you get Serge Ibaka and you get him and he, he plays one minute in a semifinal game. What what yeah, are your thoughts I, on I, this? I didn't like the Serge Ibaka trade the first time it happened, but I, I knew they were trying to get rid of DiVincenzo and I thought it was a good idea to get rid of him. Oh yeah. Serge has done absolutely nothing. He's been I, very, very, like, he just hasn't been existent, it feels like. Yeah, it's been tough to watch at some points. Yeah. Um, looking at Ibaka still, I, I, you know, I think he's a solid player. I think he will come up big some in some point in this playoff. I think, like, I for, defense, so. for defense, I think he might get some good minutes in some game. But, look, with the Celtics, I mean, 
I don't, I, I think when Horford's out there, I think when guys like Grant Williams are out there, you know, I, I don't think there's a value for him. Right. I mean, I, I don't see, I don't see I like how he matches he up against the playoff. I think the only way he gets in a playoff game is if somebody goes and gets what injured. If, what if a team goes big, right? You know, that was my other thing. What if the, you know, I don't then think he, like, we, then like, I would say we put Bobby on the bench and because he will be on the bench then, because hopefully Middleton would be back by then. And oh, then yeah. We'd have yeah. Giannis and Brooke, and then we'd have Giannis and Bobby or Bobby and Lopez. I so, thought about this because what if, you know, if they play Miami, right, in the in the conference finals, I think, I don't think he plays a minute. <laughs> Look, I don't, because the they're not going to run, you know, they, they go, if anything, small ball we'll see from them, right? I, I maybe, you know, against, Bam. yeah, yeah, maybe That's against, it. yeah, maybe against the 76ers. Maybe you'll see some sort of minutes, maybe like 11 minute Peyton Pritchard kind of role, right? Not, but minus the three point shooting there, of course. I but, would hope not. <laughs> well, I, I know, I know, but I, I'm trying to think, you know, you trade him. I, I know, you know, you're not going to play the guy just solely because you traded for him, right? I, I totally yeah. understand that. I just think, I think there might be some value of playing him. Look, I always bring up, uh, what, look what Brent Forbes did in the playoffs, right? Look what he did against Miami Heat last year. And then, Look, you couldn't even use them against some teams just because of how yeah, the matchups are. True. So I like to make that that comparison where you know just maybe Serge Ibaka will find kind of his spot, maybe he'll find his role, and maybe he'll get some minutes in return. But in this series, this game showed me there's no way um, we're going to see him work his way yeah. into this rotation here. So I, that's something I, I want. Yeah, I just don't think Ibaka is athletic enough anymore at this point in his career to keep up with who's going to be on the court for any of these teams. Okay. And so he would be a huge liability on defense for sure. And oh, yeah. probably on offense too. So I hope he doesn't get any minutes. Yeah. But maybe I'll be wrong. Maybe he'll prove me wrong. We got, we got to hope. hope. So. We got to hope we have to be optimistic here. Uh, game two, May 3rd. And that's also at the garden. And that's, that's tips off six o'clock. And then we go, to Milwaukee, that's May 7th. That's on ABC. That's 2.30. And then May 9th is game four. And that will be at 6.30. We don't know right now if we're going to need any extra games. You know, we can hope. Yeah. It ends in four, of course. But right to go May 11th, May 13th, May 15th is what they have right now. So mm-hmm. playoffs are starting to heat up, of course. We did see the Warriors. They did rally. They did win game one. That was a big story. Golden State, yes. they they take the one nothing lead there. Yeah, like that one point one seventeen one sixteen win. Uh, who do you think is going to win that series? I want to hear your thoughts quickly on that. Um, I think the Warriors are going to win it in five because the Grizzlies got the whole second half without Draymond in the game, and they still did not perform well enough to win. So I just I don't see a way that they can beat them with Draymond. For the whole entire game. What do you but, think, um, Mavericks and Suns? That's going to seven games. That's going seven. I like it. I, I like think, it. I think the Mavericks will hopefully win. Miami but Philly. Suns, Suns are okay. Miami Philly. Uh, depends. It depends if Embiid is actually coming back for Game Four or if he's not. If Embiid doesn't come back, I see maybe five games. Maybe the 76ers pull one out, but. I don't see a way that they beat them without Embiid. Yeah, I got this. Might sound boring here. I got Miami, Milwaukee, Golden State, and Phoenix as my four conference final squads. 
Yep. I just have I'm rooting for a Dallas so. upset. I really am. Yeah. That, that's gonna that helps out the Bucks, in my opinion. And I, and they're not even in the the finals yet. I just think that would help yeah. out. That helps out any team in the Eastern Conference, I guess is a better way to say it. Yeah, the Suns I don't think are as good as everybody thought they'd be. And I think if they make it out of this, I don't think they're gonna beat the Warriors. The Warriors, they look really good. They did they look, look. They look really great. Good, on, especially with Jordan Poole playing the way he is. Oh my God, scary! Poole looked well. Kevon Looney. Look, I mean, just let's throw some guys on the bench, right? I mean, there's some guy they performed. They played very well. Yes. Uh, also, you know, Otto Porter, those guys. Uh, but look, I that Golden State team is an interesting. I the three seeds in both both look very dominant after these game one showings. Oh and, yes. Look how the Bucks performed without Middleton. They look scary, but uh, talking NBA, you got anything else here before we do some trivia here? Um, Nothing else for me. <laughs> I'm All right, trivia, let's go. So five questions here, Alex. It's a grab bag. Give you some options. I Some I don't. It's fun, right? So a lot of it here, you know, it's an NFL draft one. NFL draft, you know, a little grab bag. I call it from the draft. So. Here we go. You ready? Yep. What picks did the Packers have in the first round of this draft? 22 and 28. Ding, ding, ding. You are on the board. One for one. All right. Here we go. What school was Sean Ryan drafted from? And he was the Packers fourth round pick. O-lineman. I have options if you need them. Uh, Give me the options. I think I might know, but give me the options. Northwestern. Iowa or UCLA? UCLA. Ding, ding, ding. Two for two. Nice job. All right. Here's a little easier one. Who was the first offensive lineman taken in this draft? Oh, geez. That was. Holy crap. I forgot. Wasn't Evan. Evan Neal. Yeah. Is Evan Neal your final answer? Yeah, I'm going to go with that. It him. was Ekwanu at six. Neil yep. goes seven. Uh, yep. That's okay. Two for three. All right, so I got one here. I have options, right? Some of these, these get tougher here on that. What team did Jake Ferguson get drafted by? He's from Wisconsin, the tight end. I have options. Don't worry. I have options. I also have hints of Dallas, Dallas Cowboys is option A, Tennessee Titans at B, Kansas City Chiefs at C. And then... If you are still stumbling here, I got one more hint you, I throw at you. Uh, I mean, give me the hint. Tyler Biotish is playing for the squad. Jeez, that. He's also Wisconsin center, drafted by the same team. Oh, wow. I I feel bad for not knowing that, but who are the options again? Cowboys, Titans, or Chiefs? I'm going to go with the... I'm going to go with the Chiefs. It was the Cowboys. Dallas Cowboys. Ah. Tyler Biotish was, in fact, playing for them. You're all good here. You got one more. This one's tough here. I don't know. You might have seen memes for this. You might have not. Who was this year's Mr. Irrelevant? Oh, it was the dude out of Illinois State. Or it was the quarterback. I know. I don't remember. I I got options. Xander Horvath, Brocky Purdy, and Russ Yeast. Yeah, it was – Definitely uh, Brock Purdy. Yep, there you go. You got it. You got Mr. Irrelevant. You finished three for five. You're an inaugural version of trivia there. And you know, see, that that's fun, isn't it? That's how we roll trivia. 
there were some draft ones in there, kind of like a little bit, a little bit of each thing from the draft. I always like to include that. Of course, I had to include Mr. Relevant. So, yeah. How do you feel about your three should... performance? It was pretty good. I, I think I should have gotten one more right. I screwed up with Evan Neal. I forgot that he didn't get taken fifth. The, I thought he was going before Iguanu. I, I had that's, him. That's where I had him going, and then I forgot that Iguanu got. all good. NFL yeah. draft comes and goes. Now we got NBA draft stuff. I'm lo- really looking forward to looking through prospects and the MLB oh, draft. Yes. You'll see a little bit of my nerdy side come out for that. So if you really want to stick around for that, that's, of course, in the summer. But, Alex, thank you for coming on today. Really appreciate it. Yep. And yeah, I got to shout out the socials here before we wrap up on this Monday morning. Uh, you got to go Instagram, Jordan Drew underscore sports crew, Facebook, Jordan Drew, the sports crew, YouTube, Jordan Drew, the sports crew, and then Twitter at JD sports pod. So yeah, this is Drew Skyberg and Alex Strobridge here signing off. So thank you all for listening to yet another episode of Drew's sports crew, the perfect podcast for you.